Welcome once again to Search the Scriptures. Good to have all of our listeners there today. Thankful to have this opportunity to be with you. We're so thankful that God has blessed us with the ministry through the radio of reaching out with his word, reaching out with the gospel of Christ to help people to come to salvation and eternal life through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We're thankful to so many of you who are listening on such a regular basis. We hear from many of our listeners. We even meet many of them in the Omaha area who are taking an opportunity to come and meet us in person, kind of check us out, so to speak. And many have stayed on and continued to study with us and worship with us. We're so thankful for all of them. But we're thankful also for the many others who have contacted us through telephone or through snail mail or through uh, the internet, contacting us through email and talking about how they've appreciated hearing the word. Many have contacted us and asked for the free Bible study that we always offer. And we will offer that again today. We always do at the end of every program. So have a pencil or a pen and a piece of paper ready. And that free Bible study will be offered. It will tell you how to contact us. And you can simply ask for it. And there's no charge. And we take care of the postage. You can also receive a copy of today's program on CD. And again, no charge. We'll take care of the postage. So have that pencil or pen and piece of paper ready. We'll give you the information at the end of the program today. We're thankful for so many who have said, I listen every day or just about every day. We're thankful for those who have said, I listen to you regularly, frequently. Now, not every day necessarily because their schedule may not permit, but they listen frequently on a regular basis. We're thankful for those who don't have even that frequent an opportunity, but they listen from time to time and they keep tuning us in. We're thankful for you as well. And we're always thankful for the brand new first-time listener. And our prayer is that if you're listening for the first time, that you will quickly recognize that we do exactly as the name of the program suggests. We search the scriptures. We dig deep. We look at them in detail. And we try to help you understand what they say, what they teach, in in an easy-to-understand way, and also that makes sense for your daily life. We want to help you build your faith. There may be some out there who really, they would be struggling to say that they have much faith at all. We want to to help you build your faith. Faith comes by hearing the word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. I know we keep saying that, we keep repeating that, and those who are listening on a regular basis, you've heard it maybe a hundred times already. But we need to keep emphasizing that that's how faith develops, by getting into God's Word, learning it. It's not something that's magical that just kind of falls on some people. It's something that we develop as we study God's Word, come to understand what it says, and believe it and begin to properly make the application to our lives. As your faith develops, then you should want to come to God. And the way to God is through his Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, John 14 and verse 6. Peter said, nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved, Acts 4 and verse 12. So 
you come to God through Jesus, believing in him with all of your heart, repenting of your sins, confessing your faith in him openly, and surrendering to him in baptism for the remission of your sins, and then coming up out of that grave of water that we call baptism, having been buried with him therein, forgiven, saved, a new creation spiritually, walking a new life with a new direction, and that's to heaven itself, and with a new hope, and that's eternal life with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit in heaven itself. You get to start over. What a blessing. What a blessing, and how encouraging that is. You get to start over. You can put the past behind you as far as your sins are concerned. And much of the problems that you've had in your life, you can begin working on them with a new focus and, again, with a new direction. What a, what a blessing to be able to be a Christian, to be able to be forgiven, redeemed, saved, to have hope, real hope, for the first time. We're going to begin a new study today. We're going to talk about Christ-centered Christianity. Many people may not have really thought about Christianity in those terms. From that perspective, Christ-centered Christianity. Well, that's what Christianity should do. It should be. It should be focused upon. Christ-centered Christianity. You see, many people have misplaced and misdirected loyalty about a whole lot of things in their lives. But one of the biggest things, perhaps the biggest thing, is when it comes to their spiritual lives. Misplaced and misdirected loyalty is actually a big stumbling block to many people in their spiritual lives. Now, some might be listening today and saying, uh, okay, I'm not quite sure what you're getting at here. Well, you see, some people are converted primarily to a preacher. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning with verse 10, Paul addressed this problem, this misdirected and misplaced loyalty to the church at Corinth. They had that problem. Beginning with verse 10, he said, Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. He goes on in the next verse, and he says, For it has been declared to me concerning you, my brethren, by those of Chloe's household, that there are contentions among you, or, in other words, there are quarrels among you. Now I say this, that each of you says, I am of Paul, or I am of Apollos, or I am of Cephas, or Peter, or I am of Christ. You see, many of them were following preachers. They apparently were converted more to a preacher than they were to the Lord. Some of them were saying, I am of Christ. Paul goes on and he says, is Christ divided? 
Was Paul crucified for, for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? And of course, all of these are rhetorical questions. The answer, obviously understood, is no. No, I, I, I was not baptized in the name of Paul. Paul was not crucified for me. And no, Christ is not supposed to be divided. He goes on in the third chapter of 1 Corinthians, and he asks the question, Who then is Paul, and who is Apollos? But ministers through whom you believed, as the Lord gave to each one. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. You see, we're to be converted to Christ. We're to come to God through Christ. We're not to be converted to a preacher. If our loyalty is primarily in a preacher, oh, we're in for some rough times. Because you know what? And I'm saying this from the perspective of a preacher. Preachers are only human. Sometimes preachers make mistakes like everybody else. We're human. God's word did not come from us. It came from him through Christ. Cannot be converted primarily to a preacher. You're going to be disappointed somewhere along the line. You're going to see that preachers, like every human being, have feet of clay and sometimes they mess up. Well, some people are converted primarily to other Christians. When we look at Romans chapter 3, beginning with verse 9, Paul paints the perspective that all human beings are sinners until they come into Christ, where salvation and forgiveness is found. But he says, what then? Are we better than they? Not at all. For we have previously charged both Jews and Greeks, in other words, everybody, that they are all under sin. As it is written, there is none righteous. No, not one. Not in and of ourselves. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. They have all turned aside. They have together become unprofitable. There is none who does good. No, not one. Not in and of ourselves. But you see, a whole lot of people, they, they decide what they're going to be spiritually based upon what their friends are and how much they respect and admire and like their friends or maybe family members. And so, well, we're going to go to church over here because that's where you know, Jed and Mary go to church, and they're our buddies, you know, or, you know, maybe I work with so-and-so, and, and that'll be a good opportunity for me to really get in good with him or with her uh, if we go to church together, or, you know, mom and dad always went to that church, and so if it was good enough for them, it's good enough for me. Well, that's, that's not the line of reasoning, none of those that we should have in determining what we're supposed to be spiritually. So some people are converted primarily to a preacher, and that's wrong. 
Some people are converted primarily to other Christians or people. That's wrong. Some people are converted primarily to a denomination. And that's wrong. First, and we've emphasized this repeatedly on this program, there were no such things as denominations in the New Testament. None. None were ever mentioned. The concept of denominationalism, which means division, was never mentioned except in the sense that it was taught against because it does mean division. And Jesus prayed for unity among his followers. As absolute as, absolute as is the unity between he and the Heavenly Father. And that's complete unity. And as we've already read in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 10 through 13, Paul said that there should be no divisions among you, but that you should be perfectly joined together in the same mind and the same judgment. All you have to do is read the seven letters to the seven churches in Revelation chapters 2 and 3 to find out about how our dedication needs to be to Christ and not to some church or denomination primarily. Our de- our, we need to be converted to Christ. And in being converted to Christ, we need to make sure that we're a part of his church and not just a part of some denomination. In verses 14, 15, and 16 in Revelation chapter 3, we read this. To the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things says the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, this is Jesus speaking, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish that you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Now, that's just part of one letter to one of those seven churches. You see, again, our primary loyalty needs to be to Christ. So some people are converted primarily to a preacher. That's wrong. That's a mistake. Some people are converted primarily to other people, some who call themselves Christians. That's wrong. That's misplaced misdirected. Some people are converted primarily to a denomination, and that's wrong. That's misdirected. We need to be converted to Christ. First and foremost, in Matthew chapter 11, in verse 28, Jesus said, come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus calls everyone to him, not to a preacher, not to other people, even many who would call themselves Christians, not to a denomination, but to him, himself. In Romans chapter 6 and verse 3, the Apostle Paul wrote, For as many of us as were baptized into Christ 
were baptized into his death. Baptized into Christ, not into somebody else on this earth, but baptized into Christ. As he wrote the Galatian churches in Galatians 3 and verse 27, he says, as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. He's our identity. When he wrote to the Roman congregation in chapter 8, or the Romans, the Roman Christians rather, in chapter 8 and verse 1, he said, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Jesus is our Savior, and Jesus alone. Remember again what Peter said in Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, nor is there salvation in any other. No preacher, no friends, no family members, no associates, work associates or social associates or otherwise, but only in Christ. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Jesus is our Savior. And as Christians, our lives need to be Christ-centered. We need to look to him as our Savior, as our Lord, as the Son of God. Our lives need to be Christ-centered. And if they're centered anywhere else, or in anyone else on this earth, then our loyalty is misplaced and misdirected. In this particular study, we're going to focus on the third chapter of the book of 1 Corinthians, or Paul's first letter to the Corinthian congregation. In that particular chapter, we're going to pick out some very important points that are going to help us to recognize how our lives need to be Christ-centered and that that is really the only way that we can be true and effective Christians if our lives are Christ-centered, centered on and in our Lord and Savior. As we begin to read that particular chapter, just by kind of a way of introduction here, because we'll not be able to get into it in any kind of detail in the rest of our program today, let's look at the first four verses. The Apostle Paul wrote, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ, or baby Christians in other words. I fed you with milk, and not with solid food, for until now you are not able to receive it. And even now you are still not able, for you are still carnal or fleshly, or of this world is what the world mean, the word means. For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? For when one says, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos. Are you not carnal? 
In other words, is that not the way the world thinks and talks? But as Christians, we're supposed to be above the world. We're supposed to be above the way the world thinks and talks. We're supposed to be setting the example for the world. Remember that Jesus identifies his followers as the salt of the earth in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 13, and the light of the world in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 16. And he says that we are to let our lights so shine that others may see our good works and glorify our Father who is in heaven. So we're supposed to stand above. We're not supposed to be like the world. We're not supposed to be thinking like the world primarily. We're supposed to be centered in Christ. Referring back to Galatians 3 and verse 27, as we quoted that particular verse just a little bit ago, where Paul says that as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ, the sense of the language of that particular verse is as you would put a garment on and wrap yourself within that garment. He said that's what happens in essence or what should be the, our understanding of how our life changes when we're baptized into Christ. We put him on. Now if you're going to get dressed one morning, maybe you're going to uh, attend church services, maybe you're going to go to work, maybe you're a teacher and you're going to school, and so you reach into your closet and you pull out a blue suit coat. And you put the pants on and then you, or maybe if you're a, if you're a lady, you, you pull the skirt on and then you put the blue suit coat on. You wrap it around you and you immediately take on the characteristics of that blue suit. You look different. You now look like somebody who's wearing a suit, a blue suit. Well, Jesus says, that's the way it is when you're baptized into me. You put me on. And so Jesus, his identity should shine forth in our lives as our identity. Christ-centered Christianity. We're going to stop here in park. We'll come back and pick up this study next time. I do encourage you to write down the information about how to contact us in just a moment and then do exactly that and contact us. Ask for the free Bible study. Again, no charge. We'll take care of the postage. And you can also receive a copy of today's program on CD. And again, no charge. We'll take care of the postage. These materials can literally change your life. As you listen, as you follow along, as you read along, as you contemplate and pray over what they're teaching, it can change the direction of your life for all of eternity. We hope to hear from you right away.